This past Tuesday, I finished Mass here at 1210, went over to my office, and I got a text message from Deacon Bob saying that a parishioner from the Basilica was at Johns Hopkins Hospital and was dying. So I immediately went to the hospital, and I know her very well. Deacon Bob, myself, and Deacon Sean, we visit her every single Sunday in between the 8 o'clock and the 1045 Mass. She suffers a lot. She can't come to the Basilica. She lives just, or lived just a couple blocks away. Certainly did not have an easy life. Was racked with pain, suffering from cancer the last year. And you know, we would go and she would say to us, it's okay. I'm offering all of this suffering for my family. And then she would say, and the Basilica family. And she wasn't joking. She really did offer everything. I would say, Francis, what's the pain like today? 12 out of 10. But it's okay, Father. God does not give me anything I can't handle, and I'm offering it all for souls, for the Basilica, for everyone who comes to this Basilica, for all of my family. She loved Jesus so much. When I got the text, I went to the hospital. I walked into her room. Her daughter was there. She was hooked up to the machines. But she immediately opens her eyes. She looked at me and she smiled and she was just so happy to see me. And I was so happy to see her. She had so much joy. And she said, Father, I'm ready to see our Lord. And then because she's a woman of deep prayer, all she did all day is pray. And I'm not exaggerating. Deacon Bob can testify. She begins to quote by memory, Psalm 27. One thing I ask of the Lord, she says, this I seek, to dwell in the Lord's house all the days of my life, to gaze on the Lord's beauty, to visit his temple. All she longed for was heaven, to see our Lord. I've been at the bedside of many people who are dying. I have seen death. I have been in the presence when someone died. Never have I had a more powerful, a more joyful experience than visiting Francis. And it's worth pondering, how could she be so joyful in a moment that she knew she was going to die? She knew the truth about God. And it's the truth that I wish everybody in this world could know. That God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were with her in the deepest recesses of her soul. Like the great mystics of our church, the great saints, this woman knew how to visit God in her soul, to commune with him, to be comforted by him, and to rest with him to the point of finding joy, even in the midst of suffering and death. Today, the church celebrates the solemnity of the most holy trinity, God is three and God is one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one in essence, in their nature, yet three distinct persons. They've existed from all of eternity. And while the Father begot the Son, the Son is equal to the Father. And even though the Holy Spirit proceeded from the Father and the Son, 
The Spirit is equal to both the Father and the Son. They're co-eternal. One never came before or after the other. Their essence is the same. Perfect love. I could sit here for hours and expound on the theology of the Trinity. But to what end? What use is it to know facts or things about God? To know God is not the same as to experience Him. Francis, the woman dying at Hopkins, experienced God. She knew the Trinity. Does our world not desire to experience God? Is that not the deepest desire of every human heart? Has it not been the deepest desire throughout all of history? On the night of the Last Supper, Judas, not the Iscariot, the other one, he asked Jesus a very pointed question. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? In other words, Judas was asking Jesus, if you're God, why don't you show yourself? Why don't you manifest yourself to everyone in a very obvious way? Show the world that you're God. Then we'll believe. Everyone will believe and will know you. Judas wanted Jesus to be like a superhero with this extraordinary strength, with this thunderous voice, with amazing powers to make it rain fire when he wanted to, to have the earth swallow up his enemies as soon as he clicked his finger. Then everyone will know it's God. But that's not God's way. God is love. Love isn't loud. It's not showy. It's sweet and personal and intimate and quiet. So Jesus said to Judas, if a man loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. In other words, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit desire to commune with us personally in the silence of our souls as opposed to dwelling externally in the noise and the confusion of the world. And you think about it. If God was only found in the external world, he would be lost. He would be lost in the hustle and the bustle of the world. He would be drowned out by the noise of Hollywood, by the today's thunderstorm, by the iPods, by the car radios, which I hear driving by every single day to the point I can hear them in the house. He would be drowned out by the greed of biz big business, the advertisements. Sadly, he would also be drowned out by the depravity of sin. Have you ever noticed that the worst places in our city, the houses of great sin, the websites, the most evil of all websites, are filled with loud noises, bright lights, and showy images. God does not dwell there. God dwells in the silence and in the humility and the purity of the human soul. 
of every single man and woman who loves him and keeps his commandments. Which means that all you have to do to experience the Trinity is to retreat into the silence and seek him in your soul. And that's what prayer is. It is seeking the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in your soul. So how do you do that? First, you have to be in a state of grace. You can't seek the Trinity in your soul if we're in mortal sin. Mortal sin cuts us off from friendship. We do something which we know is not right and we're saying to God, get out. And if we ever find ourselves in that situation, all we do is we make use of the sacrament of confession. And we get back in that state. And then once we're in the state of grace, we go somewhere quiet. Our world does not like quiet, but we've got to retreat to someplace quiet. The best place, of course, right in front of the tabernacle. But you know what? That's not always possible. You can go outside in the beauty of nature. You can shut yourself in your room as long as there's quiet. Then what you do is this. You pray to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are in your soul, and you tell them this. You say, Lord, I desire to meet you here. I desire to experience you, to love you. Jesus himself said, if a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. You do believe, right, that through baptism and the Eucharist, the Trinity does dwell in us. This is how God made good on his promise, through the sacraments. Through the sacraments, the God of the universe dwells here in us. Once you explain to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you desire to meet them, this is the biggest part of prayer is the desire to meet him. Once you, once you tell him that, you just sit and you rest with him. You rest with the one who loves you the most, who knows you the best. And you allow your mind to get lost in the fact that the Trinity is in you. God the Father is beholding the Son and the fire of the Holy Spirit all within your soul. The best prayer is simply resting with that. And you know, sometimes you rest with God and He gives you an impulse. Not always. But sometimes He gives you an impulse to do something or to get rid of something or to change something or even just a word of affirmation. I love you. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. This morning in my holy hour, he told me to do something, to change something. I won't tell you what it is, but it was very clear. Never ignore these impulses. Never ignore them. This is how God speaks to us. He gives you a resolution. He gives you an impulse. Keep it. This is how we grow in the spiritual life. This is how we become holy. When I visited Frances in the hospital on Tuesday, she was so happy. She was happy because she was communing at that moment with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She knew God was there with her in her soul. But you know, she was also happy because she knew that very soon she was going to behold the face of God and she was going to see the Blessed Mother. And I asked her, 
right? I'm the priest. I should be ministering to her. But I said to her, Francis, when you see God and when you see the Blessed Mother, will you pray for me? And will you pray for everyone who comes to this basilica that whatever we need to be holy, that God will give us? And she smiled at me full of joy and she said, you bet. She died the next day. Her joy is the fruit of a life immersed in the Trinity. We have got to take time out of our busy world to immerse ourselves in the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We don't have to go far to encounter God. He's right there. <laughs>